This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Imma. I live in Scotland. Hi, I'm Jen and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Ola Banji and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki and I live in Paris. Hey, I'm Rod. I'm from Peru. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Hi, I'm Rob. Hi, I'm Jen. Now I wanted to ask you, Jen, what was your first experience with Lego? I really don't remember. I'm sure I was little. And I do remember having an old Tupperware container full of Lego and that it was a wonderful time playing with it. But I don't really remember when it began because I think it feels like it's always been there. (laughs) Yeah, I don't really remember the first time, but I do remember sitting on the floor in front of the fire next to my mum playing with this Lego Uh and how it was something that I suppose, sparked creativity in me. The experience changed as an adult Hmm. because when Tom started enjoying Lego, it would sometimes be left out. And so a rogue piece of Lego (laughs) would be there on the landing as I was going to the loo at night. So I'd be hopping around in pain. And there were the Christmases where the mega Lego projects happened. And I'd spent six hours making a Lego model only for our youngest to tip it onto the floor and smash it. Of (laughs) course. And one year I made the terrible parent mistake of super gluing the Lego. You didn't. I did. That's a (laughs) no-no. My grown-up son still tells me that to this day. I think every parent has stepped on that rogue piece of Lego. I do remember that. And I remember when my kids were little, we had Lego and some of it had been passed down. Hmm. Uh, that's the thing a- about Lego. And we became grandparents this past year. And and my husband says, where is that box of Lego? Because the box of Lego has to continue. Yeah, And, you know, Duplo and all these other brands, they're great, but they don't cut it. <laughs> yeah, we've had the same experience. And <laughs> even when we have taken some of the Lego to charity shops, which again is great because people at these shops do welcome, welcome things like that. But it is something that we're easily able to recycle through our children. And uh, yeah, we can see, see giving it to our grandchildren when, when and if they come along. I was visiting a friend yesterday in, uh, he, he's, um, recovering from a back surgery, back injury. And, uh, and he's, he's just in his 40s, and he had his uh, hospital room adorned with bouquets made from Lego, and I had never seen that before. They have flower bouquets, and he had this beautiful orchid on his windowsill. And if you weren't looking closely, you might think it was maybe not real, but a, an artificial one, you know, made of something else. But when I went closer, it was a Lego orchid. And there was a box on, on the counter in the, in the room 
And he said, oh, he said, yeah, he said, that's my next project because he's in there for quite some time. And I looked at this box and it's an entire bouquet of flowers that are Lego. And I'd never seen anything. I mean, I've seen the Star Wars, you know, Battlestar Galactica. I've seen all those kinds of things, and I've, but I've never seen flowers. No. It's quite something what they've, what they've done. It's amazing. But there is a kind of Lego elephant in the room, isn't there? There is. <laughs> There's the shadow side, <laughs> which is what we're talking about. <laughs> well, I, I came across a Facebook group called, I think it's Lego Lost at Sea. Well, the story begins with a boat setting sail from Rotterdam called the Tokyo, and it was going to New York. And 30 miles west of Cornwall, uh, a rogue wave hit the ship and knocked uh, the containers off the ship or some containers off the ship. As a result, 5 million Lego bricks were swept into the sea. And that was in 1997. And some people who were going on holiday in Cornwall at that time started finding pieces of Lego on the shore. And then there's a lady who's written a book about it now who went there about 13 years later and was still finding Lego coming upon the shore. And even today, 25 years on, there are still items of Lego. The interesting thing is that a lot of the items were actually marine related. So there are <laughs> scuba diving apparatus and cutlasses from pirates and flippers and all sorts like that and octopuses oh my and God. there was even an octopus just like the design on the tokyo that was found in seaweed on the shores of texas wow i suppose it's very difficult to prove whether it was from that ship but it was quite a distinctive octopus that was on that ship so it does make one wonder whether it's uh, it was from that that wreck i read something recently that it takes 1300 years for a brick of Lego to decompose. Yeah. Well, they, certainly the items that are being posted on the Facebook group, they're looking pretty new, but sometimes they are a little bit smooth at the edges. So you kind of feel, well, there is some degradation going into the sea, maybe microplastics or some of the chemicals that are used to make the plastic that uh, are getting into the, into the food chain. And this is slightly different, isn't it? From people purposely dumping into the sea. It's just an, an accident, but it does demonstrate the point, doesn't it? That this stuff lasts a long time. It does. I have uh, also read that Lego is working hard on figuring out how to change what um, they're doing and that some of what they're making, not the bricks, but some of the other things are now being made with uh, plant-based materials, but they're not, the, the materials aren't strong enough to make the bricks out of. So they have changed packaging. They've changed, you know, some of the little added things that go on that are flexible uh, are being able to be made with like wings or other things that they're making are able to be made with other materials, but they have been consistently trying and failing at making a brick that can withstand a parent stepping on it <laughs> <laughs> or that can snap together with all the antique Lego that's out there because apparently the design hasn't changed as far as how everything fits together. I'm glad that they're working on trying to do it. Um, um, that's pretty good news, isn't it? It is good news. And what can we do as far as 
as that goes, as Lego goes. Like one of the questions I had with Lego is those projects that you can spend Christmas Day or or hours and hours making, they're wonderful as as some way to connect, right? With your with kids or with adults. Uh-huh. It doesn't have to be kids. But then does that ever come apart and get thrown into a generic box of Lego and played with again? Or is are those special designs like they didn't used to have that when I was younger. I don't remember buying something that was one purpose. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about this. One of the one of the things that I started doing was because at, at that time there was the Apollo missions going on. So everything was about rockets and space. So I remember building a rocket. And then there was this series called Thunderbirds. So I had to make Thunderbird 2, which had this pod in the middle. And I found this plate that I could use to build this thing so I could put the pod that would push through. And so I think um, it's one of those things where it seems to have two sides, doesn't it? You have that imagination thing where you just go off on one on your own and there's great advantages to that. But the project ones are interesting because my, um, my second son, he, um, he was really keen on Tower Bridge in, in London. And so he made this large model, a scaled down model of London Bridge, Tower Bridge it's called. And he's still got that in his room. And so it's become like this long standing ornament that he's had for years. Whereas I think there are others which just, just get torn apart because, yeah, you play with it for a while. But then by taking it apart, it can become another toy, which is kind of sustainable, isn't it, really? It's more sustainable than some other toys, which just get chucked out. Right, right. I think that's the thing. If it can be passed down or used again or saved as an ornament, Mm. then it doesn't end up in the sea. (laughs) Yeah, the longevity of it is is, uh, is certainly something that comes into its own with Lego. Because there are other products which are similar that, they never quite fit together or stay together quite quite so well. Yeah, one thing that I noticed, I don't go into them very often, but I have seen in dollar stores. Um, I don't know if you have dollar stores where you are, but stores where you can go in and everything is extra cheap mm. and not very good. <laughs> and they have toys. And it always frustrates me because the toys are terrible. They're They're made badly. They're cheap plastic. Who knows what manufacturing practices go into them? And they have something that looks like Lego, mm. but isn't. Yeah. And I thought, why? 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 <laughs> <laughs> why would anyone buy this? And why is it still being made? Because it's not good. It's not going to stick in the bin with all the rest of the stuff. And it's probably going to get thrown out yeah. at some point. Yeah. It's a shame, isn't it? I've never actually found Lego, but there's some of the the findings on the beaches have actually become collector's items. So if you find one of the dragons, there weren't that many on the ship. And so now there are collectors who are buying and selling these things. So they've become collector's items as well. Wow, that's pretty neat. Well, I'll have to, I live near beaches. I should go look at the beach yeah. and see if anything made it here. Probably not, but... <laughs> <laughs> You never know. <laughs> but the, one of the positive stories that's come out of the, uh, the Tokyo uh, disaster is that it has caused people to come together as a community. And it seems to be a, a one that's building. And people are going down and beachcombing 
and taking all sorts of other items off the beaches and, and, and cleaning them and even creating works of art, which include all sorts of different plastics that have been cleaned up from the beach. So that's one of the positives that's come out of the, of the problem. There's a call to action, isn't there? Mm. <laughs> Inviting people to go down to the beach and pick stuff up and see if you can make some art or find some Lego, wherever you yeah. are. <laughs> well, there's now a big coalition called the Cornish Plastic Pollution Coalition, and there are 30 or 40 companies, various kinds that have joined this, and they're all actively involved in coastal sustainability. Um, and I think local people in Cornwall get concerned because tourists go down there, leave their junk and then move away. And so they're, I think, making people think about what they're doing when they go down on holiday. So that's a good thing. And many of the shops where you can buy things have pieces of driftwood which have been turned into something else. And some of the art shops do that now. Maybe we'll see some Lego art at some point. <laughs> collected from the beach. I live near two beaches. They're about 20 minutes away, but to get to them, but I haven't, uh, I haven't noticed anything. They're, they're actually quite tidy. I think people do do that. They go down and pick things up and I haven't seen a lot of trash or garbage yeah. around the beach, which is great, but I think people are pretty careful about uh, keeping it nice. Yeah, which is, mm -hmm. uh, which is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. Well, this has been an interesting conversation. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, thank you, Jen. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.